Yeah. What were you doing when you were 18? Were I knew what I was all about when I was 18. Were you thinking about I, the life of holiness and leading I, the church? I don't think anything in my thought life has changed <laughs> since I've been 18. <laughs> I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and we talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Hey, Dave, I got a good topic to pull out of the hopper for us. Yeah. Um, and it is a Supreme Court case that's coming up. Um, as we record this, it hasn't been decided yet, but it's coming up, and it's on uh, uh, can uh, businesses discriminate mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, on the basis of their religious rights uh, against LGBTQ weddings? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Do you remember the story? Uh, the master baker, Jack Phillips, this was a few years ago in Colorado. He declined to make a wedding cake yeah, for I a gay this. couple. Yeah, It was about a decade ago. Yeah, that's know. right. Um, the couple filed a complaint against the state civil rights commission, and they found that the baker was in violation of the state's anti-discrimination laws, um, but that decision was appealed, and then the court eventually sided with the baker narrowly. Mm-hmm. But that has not settled the matter. Right now, the Supreme Court is taking up a case about a website designer who is declining to make a wedding website for same-sex couples. Yes. Uh, so for people who don't remember this story, yeah. um, a, a a customer wants a wedding cake. Yep. And uh, the guy who's making the cake, is he's being asked to put um, two... The, of the same gender, you know, at the yep. top of the cake, there's a, a man and a wife or whatever in these little plastic figurines. And this is to be a same-sex wedding cake. And right. he refused. Right. And that's the that's what they're debating. So that was the original. Yeah. yeah. So that's not the debate anymore. That was a, a big case. Right. Um, that went one way and then it went the other way. And uh, and he was not, he was very happy to serve uh-huh. uh, gay and lesbian couples, gay and lesbian people. Right, uh, all kinds of things, but not a wedding cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't want to, in his religion, to be to feel guilty of uh, espousing uh, same-sex marriage, yes. not supporting it, or right. in any way uh, adding to that, celebrating, yeah, celebrating, celebrating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right now, um, it's a question about a website designer. Right, that's basically the same thing, and the legal question is really a battle over personal rights. Conservatives are saying that baking a cake or creating a website is protected by the First Amendment. That is, that the cake and the website are forms of free speech that must be protected. Mm-hmm. Progressives, on the other hand, are saying that this is not protected speech and it amounts to discrimination, such as refusing LGBT people from buying shoes or eating at a restaurant or going to see a movie. Um, so this specific case uh, is uh, on, with Lori Smith. She designs websites for weddings. Um, and you can imagine how lots and lots of people are interested in this case, not only website designers, but florists and DJs, event spaces, dress shops, caterers. I mean, anything that re- is related to a wedding yeah. that you could say, you know, this is. And quite honestly, I can see both sides of this. Mm-hmm. So, for example, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I would never perform a wedding for a same-sex couple. Right. That is super clear to me. I don't have any ambiguity about that. Right. On on the other hand, the the far other side extreme, uh, I would I would absolutely fight to protect LGBT people from violence. 
right? Of course. And I think anybody is going to uh, be for that. I want them to have equal protection as everybody else for housing, for basic services, for safety, for education, for employment and commerce, all that kind of stuff. Right. For sure. But the wedding issue Mm -hmm. is sticky for me. Yeah. Because I can see it as a slippery slope. What about like a high-end tailor that refuses to sell any suits to a gay man because he might wear it to a wedding? Mm -hmm. What about a hairdresser that refuses to take any lesbian clients for the same reason? A lesbian client can come in and say, hey, I just want my hair done in this specific way. Well, what's the event? Well, I don't want to tell you the event. Yeah. Is it a wedding? Well, I don't want to tell you it's a wedding. I don't want to say it's a wedding. Well, then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. At some point, I think conservatives are just hiding behind free speech as a way to discriminate and make life more difficult for LGBT people. Um, but on the other hand, I, I don't think we should be forcing people to celebrate something that's abominable to God. Religious freedom is absolutely important. And I, I, I there was another story I remember hearing about a halal supermarket in Paris. The supermarket was shut down because it didn't sell pork and alcohol. That seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. Okay, because it was, it was Muslim, so it, it they was won't Muslim have alcohol owners. or pork, and so they shut it down for not selling yeah, they pork. they said, if you're going to be a supermarket, you have to sell pork and that's, alcohol. That's, that's bizarre. It's really strange. Yeah. You should, th- that is a business owner. A vendor should be able to decide what they're selling and not selling. And Okay, yeah. so that's the question. Yeah, exactly. And so can a cake maker or a website designer or a dress shop or mm-hmm. a, can they refuse service to someone because uh, they are, th- th- this product or service mm-hmm. m- might be or will be part of something they disagree something with. Something that they think is abominable yeah. to their God, right? So I right. eat pork and alcohol, I mean, drink alcohol. Um, but I understand how someone who thinks that those things are sinful and abominable uh-huh. to God, if so they don't want to do that. Okay. Right. Anyway, this it's, it's a thorny yeah. issue. It's not easy. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. If somebody were to come into a restaurant where you're eating yeah. and they were um, not wearing a shirt and the the place said they, re- they have the right to refuse service to this person, are they yeah. discriminating against that person? Yeah, that's a good question. So in the past, it is a, what I understand is that no, you know, no shoes, no shirt, no service right. is about health issues. Uh-huh. And so if it, that seems reasonable, then we talked mm-hmm. about this with masks and that kind of thing with you know with COVID okay, well, and other diseases. Okay, what if diseases. it's not a health issue? That's kind right. of an easy way out. And so that's yeah, yeah that's is kind of an easy way out because no shirt. I'm not sure if that's really a health issue or not. I don't. I kind of want people to wear shirts. Uh-huh. Well, know, I'm saying I'm, I'm eat, saying but, just put it in a context where it's not a health issue at all. Yeah. Um, so there's a uh, you have to wear a coat and tie to get in this restaurant. There we go. No okay. health issue. Okay. Yeah. Um, do they have a right to say you must wear a coat and tie? In this restaurant, or you don't get service—is that discrimination? That's a good question. I, no, I think that I think that most of us would say that the coat and tie, like we're, we're want a particular ambiance here, right? Uh-huh. We want a particular ambiance, and right. so yeah, you got to wear a coat and tie. Yeah, sure, that's well, fine. Well, what about people who can't afford a coat and tie? Right. Yeah. Is that discrimination to them? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a, probably a very expensive restaurant already, right? Yeah. So is that unfair to people who can't afford to go to that restaurant? Uh it might be. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's I think we're we're happy with that kind of discrimination. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I think that's. I think I, it is discrimination, yeah. and I think that I'm happy with that kind of discrimination. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to. My point that I'm trying to make here is that there is discrimination. Sure, there's no way to avoid it. Sure. Um, 
And we, so then we have to back up and say, okay, what kind of discrimination do we not want? Yeah. Um, like why couldn't a business just say, this, this is the clientele that I'm willing to serve in this way. This is the, the, the limited options that I have and it's for these people. Yeah. I, let me give you another really yeah. good, really interesting example. Um, I am a cilantro taster. Um, and so cilantro tastes to me like soap. That's the best way I can describe it. Uh-huh. And it's extremely strong. It's not just that I dislike cilantro. Some people, it, it, either you know this or you don't, but like there's, there's a genetic marker and it's uh-huh. in a strong minority of people. And I have it that a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of cilantro in my food just ruins everything. I yeah. just, I cannot eat it. I cannot eat it. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing a uh, store, a restaurant that was called Cilantro. Right. Uh, I'm not going to go eat there. Yeah. They specialize in cilantro-based salsas, and right. I don't know what they had because I didn't go in there. My uh, aversion to cilantro is not my choice or even a preference. Like It is a genetic thing uh-huh. that it tastes ho- absolutely horrendous to me, and it's hard for me to even s- to smell it. Yeah. Um, I just can't eat it. Uh, the only time I've ever s- sent food back in a restaurant has been because of cilantro. I just I, I, I uh-huh. don't like doing that, but there's no way I could eat it. And so are they discriminating against me? Yeah, they sort of are. And it's and it's uh-huh. because of my genetics. I, I, the, I was born this way. Right. But we're, that's still talking about discrimination we're okay with. I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to back up to where we're not okay. Okay. Um, so so when are we not okay with discrimination? Yeah. Um, you know, like a, a restaurant that says, we don't serve colored folks right. like they did back so in the day. So we used to have that, and uh-huh. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I'm very not okay yeah, with that. Yeah, explain why. Yeah, uh, I think because, <laughs> yeah, wh- that seems so self-evident. I'm having trouble even articulating it. Right, right? it's it's right. Uh, that has been used to discriminate against people so much, to to uh-huh. uh, disenfranchise people and to I just don't I, I want to associate with people who are superior and not inferior. You know, it, it, that's that's just a part of what that of what that is is is. Those are inferior people, and I don't want to be with them. I don't want yeah. to eat from the same forks that they eat from. I don't want to drink from the same glasses that they drink from. Uh, and yeah, that is uh, not true. It's not real. It mm-hmm. is uh, abominable to God. It's it's hurtful, right? Yes. Um, and I think it's the reason we we got there is because of the systems yes. around that, yes. right? Because yes. if there was a if there was a restaurant that was clearly geared yeah. for a particular group of people, a particular culture, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Sure. Um, but if it's part of a system where uh, in every category there right. is discrimination right, and right. Uh, we'll just call oppress- oppression, um, then you know, th- then that system has to be dealt with. That makes sense. Right? That's good, yeah. Um, and so that that's... Uh, but here, here's another, maybe this is even stickier. Um, let's just say that you have a company that cuts down and um, moves trees. Yeah. And a lot of the work is very heavy lifting. Yeah. And you only employ men. Sure. Um, and you employ men for a reason. Yeah. Because their bodies are bigger and stronger. Right, sure. And, um, and therefore, uh, you know... You're going to be more productive in your company. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, is that discrimination? It, uh, that's a good question. Uh-huh. If the, I would think if you were to say, 
we only employ men as a matter of principle, then I think that's discrimination. Right. If we say we only hire people that can lift a hundred pounds and carry it for a mile, uh, that's not discrimination. But it just so happens that you know, right. Uh, the NBA seems to be hiring only people who are super tall. Right. And okay, there's a reason for that because there's a particular job, uh-huh. and the people who are good at that job are tall people. Uh, and so, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, so in this case, it uh, when you're talking about religious belief, um, I see w- why you say this is sticky. Um, you know, the if I were to make a website, yes, and then I, all of my websites, I wanted to to advertise because it's free advertising, right? You have a little right, thing yeah. at the bottom, like yeah, the, yeah. people who use like a, a an email system that sure. says you know Mailchimp at the bottom, right? Whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, and a lot of companies they they don't care who they're serving. Right. Um, and so, but you have a website that's dedicated to, uh, to same-sex marriage. Yeah. Um, and you don't believe in same-sex marriage. You don't believe it's even in the definition of marriage. Right. Um, uh, would you build that website? And, well, I guess you, you, have a, you have a decision to make. Yeah. Do you want that money and that service and from that, uh, you know, the ongoing revenue that could be um, related to that? Yeah. Or are you going to make a stand for your religion at the loss of that revenue. Right. And um, I think I would support the decision to uh, to refuse that service. Yeah. Um, but I think what I would do is if I wanted that revenue, um, I would at the very least, when I'm putting my little caption about who made this website, yeah. there would be a little, you know, we do not, um, the, the we don't support uh, the material of the people of the of these websites, sure. Um, that would just be like a general part of my stamp, maybe, right? Like like you see when you go to a uh, um, certain websites that are that are uh, the news, right? right? Yeah, and and they say the the opinions here aren't necessarily reflected by the editors, or right, right, right. Yeah, uh, you can say At something. The beginning of a DVD, uh, yeah. a, a movie that says the commentaries that that these people, are, you know, not yeah. supported. It's harder to do that if you're a hairdresser or a dressmaker. You know, right. you can, uh, right. You know, it's uh, you, you can. I guess you could put a label on every dress that says, uh, you know, the person who is in this. Who's wearing this dress? Uh, the the dressmaker does not condone all the actions and inclinations, <laughs> right. attitudes expressed by the person who's wearing this dress, or this suit, or you know this hairstyle, right. or whatever. Right. But I think it's um, you know when it's when your business is dependent upon advertising like websites. Fair enough. It's a little bit different than just selling dresses. Like who I suppose cares? So. You sell a dress, or you go buy a dress at a yard sale, and you use it however you want to use it. No one really knows or really cares where that dress came from. Or- well, I suppose, but imagine a, a, a high-end dress designer yeah. or a dress shop, you know, is uh, to, to do a wedding dress or, you know, those kinds of dresses. Uh-huh. Here, that person has to be, you know, should that person be forced to uh, uh, sell a wedding dress to someone, to a lesbian couple? I if I, they if they think that that is uh, inappropriate, I don't have a problem with that. If I was a dressmaker, yeah, I would just sell dresses, right? How is that different than a cake maker or a website designer? Um, I think it's different because uh, the dress. I, I don't think it's the same attachment um, to my to my company. Um, for a guy to to make a cake for something he doesn't believe in, or you know, like and and the law says no, you have to. You have to make this same-sex wedding cake with with two brides or two grooms on it. 
Um, you have to do that. Okay, that, but what's a, a, what's your, you're saying that you would be more comfortable if you were a dressmaker, you'd mm-hmm. be comfortable selling a dress to a lesbian bride. But if you were a cake maker, you would not feel comfortable making a cake for a gay couple. Is that mostly your feelings, or are you do you think that the government should impose this? Uh, cake maker has religious rights and or can can refuse service based on religious rights. A dress seller cannot based on religious rights. Uh, well, I'm not saying what the government should or shouldn't do. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is that I wouldn't have a problem selling dresses to whomever. Okay, but you now, would have a problem making a cake for somebody. I would. Okay. So I guess I'm just trying to to get to the yeah, heart of the reason, right? Yeah, um, yeah. What's that distinction? And I think? think it has to do with the um, the nature of the business and the nature of the advertising for that business. Like okay. I'd have a problem with the website as well. Okay. Um, unless I had that caveat that said, what about know, what about a florist? I'm not. If here's this website, you go to a website. Yeah. Right. And it, the website is built by such and such company. Yeah. And the website is uh, something horrible and pornographic, which is not illegal. Sure. But it's something that you and I disagree with. Totally. We, we, we think pornography should be censored and done away with. Yeah. Um, and so here's a, a pornographer comes to you and says, hey, would you build my website? Yeah. And you say, no, I won't. Right. And, but then the government comes along and says, oh, yes, you will. Or you're going to be out of business, mister. Or you're going to be in jail. Uh-huh. Because you, uh-huh. you cannot uh-huh. discriminate against yeah. pornography. Right. Now, I don't think that is government overreach in my sure. opinion. You, sure. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. How is it any different? Th- that's a good question. Uh-huh. That's a good question. Okay, so what's okay. the difference between that? Okay, so so <laughs> I, I'm selling dresses, yeah. and some guy says, oh, I'm buying this dress. We're going to use it in a porn film. And um, I'm like, hey, dude, whatever you do with your dress is your business. I'm just selling dresses. Why is that different then? Because it's not supporting the industry. Like how you, sure I'm it just is. Sell- no, it's not. It's not. It's I'm just selling dresses. And it, he didn't have to tell me what he's using it for or not using it for, right? But when you're designing a website for pornography, you're supporting pornography. You're advocating and promoting pornography. Well, not if you're create—I'm trying to play devil's advocate. You're trying, but you're losing. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. It's because a, a website, you know, when uh, I don't know, I don't know much about website design. Uh-huh. My understanding is certainly with a—I don't know about the pornography thing either, mm-hmm. but uh, in terms of web design— um, but my understanding with a website design for a wedding is that you got basically in my mind I'm thinking you got templates and then people can buy this particular template and then they mm-hmm. all they fill in their exact all their information uh-huh. on their own about their own pictures and their story and their and their registry and all like that and that's not the content is not created by the designer the only the the designer creates the template for you know where the content goes in, right? But yeah. and so it's a little different. It's a little different. It's not as it's not the same as me actively building. You know, if it's more like a cut and paste, I've provided this platform, and how people use the platform is up to them. That that's a little like a one more step away. Okay. Than me actively, you know, let's, let's say it was something. I'll, I'll paint a, a more bleak picture, right? Okay. Something that's also not illegal is I could have some sort of um, neo-Nazi website. Sure. Uh huh. That's free speech. Sure it is. Right. We don't agree with that. We don't like right. that. Um, right. But uh, if some neo-Nazi came and said, "Hey, I want you to build me this website so yeah. I can get a bunch of people to join my cause," right. Um, you'd say, no, no, I'm not building your website. Right. Okay. But if you had a platform that just allowed people to plug and chug their own websites, and that yeah. was the business that you did, then it's kind of outside your control to a degree, right? You'd have to go looking around at all the different options of the, what people have done and say, oh, wait, wait, we got to backtrack on this guy. We yeah. don't want his website. Yeah. Um, which is to say, you believe that his speech should not be free. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm, you know, and some 
part of me, uh, I think that's a whole another topic to throw in the hopper about okay. free speech because okay. I do think that we should censor pornography. Yeah. Um, and people, oh, censorship. What are you going to, are you going to burn books now? And I'm like, well, if they're porn magazines, yes, let's burn them. Um, okay. <laughs> that is an interesting topic for the hopper that I yep. would love to talk about because I think it's a lot on the, on, for, should we born por- porno- ban pornography? I'm with you 100%. Almost as, immediately when you pass that statement, it becomes very difficult, I think. It's a difficult conversation, but that's not yeah. a conversation for you right now. Right. This, Back to discrimination. Uh, I, I think this is... It's it's a difficult it's a difficult topic because yeah. the difference be- yeah. I think I see the distinction that you're making between a a, a a website that is a template and then a website that a person designs with and and is right. working with the content themselves. Right. Uh, what about a template where the person's I'm setting up a bunch of templates and if you want to buy this template, then you have to pay your money. But in order to do that, you have to answer the question: Is this a gay wedding or is this a straight wedding? Uh-huh. And if it's a gay wedding, nope, you we're not going to process your transaction. You cannot purchase from us. Yeah, that sounds a little dicey, doesn't it? I mean, just from a legal point of view. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty dicey. Um, when it's like, uh, like I said, actively, uh, the law telling me I have to promote something. Yeah. That's then I have a problem with the law. Um, but if it's like I, I, I have this opportunity for anybody to build a template, or you know, sure. To use my template yeah. for their company, it's, you then know, I feel a little better about it. it it's a it, it's a thorny issue. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's one that's really clear. I, I am not going to perform a wedding. I'm not going to administer, you know, uh, uh-huh. officiate at a wedding at a gay wedding. On the other hand, if I were selling a dress or selling shoes, for example, fancy, you know, really fancy uh-huh. shoes, and two a, a gay couple comes in and says we want to buy matching fancy shoes. I think for you know, uh, I want them to have the freedom of commerce. I don't want right. them discriminated against in terms of what they can. Buy. I don't want the government getting involved. With, I agree with you. I, and, and, okay, that's so, like selling the dress. Now, like, I'm just selling some shoes. Okay, so and then where in the at some point the government has to decide. Yeah. What what are we what are we willing to allow? You know, on the one hand, people have religious freedom. Yeah. And the other hand, we have freedom of. Uh, to against discrimination yeah. because of because someone is gay or lesbian, and they right. are and right now our Supreme Court is fighting out trying which of to those, find the metrics there. Which of those um, is more important in which cases? Yeah, I, I think that's the the difficult part of and I think it's really legal hard. work. Um, really I mean, let, let's just put it this way: if the government comes along and says you, as a minister of the gospel, must yeah. marry same sex yeah. couples, or yeah. you're going to jail. Yeah. Um, now we've got a serious violation of religious rights. Yes, totally. Um, that is government overreach yes. into a realm that's not belonging to government. I it belongs to agree. the church. Yes, and re- you know religious rights. Yes, um, and so this is the, you know I I completely understand the cake maker. You know yeah. he just yeah. couldn't do it. Sure, and his conscience couldn't do it. Okay, uh, I think we got to give a pass for that. I've seen videos of this guy, and I really appreciate him um, because he, uh, when they were when the uh, gay and lesbian and and uh, supporters were protesting his mm-hmm. shop, um, he would go and take cookies and cupcakes out to them and say free samples. Yeah, take take them, and we want yeah. you to come in and buy. We're happy for you to yeah. be a part of our our bakery. Come and you can work with us. You can. Where, but wedding cakes, we are not going to celebrate. Yeah. And, and to me, this is uh, the narrative that's being 
impressed upon this guy is completely about an agenda. Yeah. To say, oh, you're a hater. You don't, you know, and right. Because if you don't fully support who we are and what we do, yep. then you're a you're out. You know, right. And we've been over this over we and have. over again. We have. Um, it, it, that's just wrong, and and that's hateful in itself. Yeah. This guy has a problem. Like, do you care about this person's conscience right. and his religious beliefs? Do you right. care about him as a person at all, right. or is right. it all about you and what you want for yes. your agenda? This guy, it, it violated his conscience. He, right. he doesn't support this. Right. And and who are you to tell him that he must right. against the words of his own God? Right. You can't. You can't. You're not his God. You right. can't tell him what he can and can't believe. That's right. That's and right. And so, in in even in places of commerce, we need to work out those details because I, I think it's wrong for the government to violate his conscience and say you must support this. Right. That's that's a that's wrong. That makes perfect sense to me. And. Uh, as we, as I said before, that you got yeah. you got the other side. I think that there, I've, I actually have seen lots of commentary and people speaking that LGBT uh, people. Um, no, how can I? No, I'm sorry. Let me start the that sentence over again. That uh, Christians whose conscience says uh, LGBT people are never allowed in my shop, uh-huh. and I will and I will not do business with them just because of who they are. That those people, I think, also are. Uh, yeah, I think that's wrong. That's completely messed up. We yeah. should, because not unlike African Americans and others, uh, there is a systematic um, right uh, discrimination a system, against those that's people. Right, that's right. That, and they need protections under the law, that's even true. against people who say, "Oh, it's because of my religious convictions that I will not serve them ice cream." Uh huh. Okay. Sorry, your religious convictions. Um, are not welcome in this country, and because we've got freedom here, yeah, and and freedom for people to be. I mean, ice cream is not. Sorry, you just just scoop yeah. them some ice cream, right? What's the problem? But I do think there would be some difficult middle ground, and and, and to, that's yeah. where. And I think that that uh, websites and. E- even maybe cake makers. I, I that one's. It's a difficult. Yeah. Those are these are difficult pieces. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it, it's. Um, I think that the lack of charity is what is what riles me. Right. Sure. On both sides. And you, both sides. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and to say like, I, is this really? Is this more that? Um, I'm I'm so irritated with this agenda. Um, that I'm just going to have a like a rebellious moment, or is it that's really violating my conscience? Yeah, um, that boy, that you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but that is a phenomenal distinction there. Yeah, to yeah, I think on both sides we have people reacting and saying, "I don't like your agenda," therefore right. I'm going to push back as hard as I can, right, and call that my rights exactly, instead of listening compassionately and having conviction, but right. also compassion. And this guy, I mean, like you said, he's bringing him cupcakes. He's basically he's saying, gr- yeah. I am not a hater. I love you in the way that you're part of humanity, but this is a violation of my conscience. Can you not understand that? Right. I can't do this for you. I'm sorry. Yes. I really am genuinely sorry. I can't do this for you. And quite honest, in the videos I've seen of him taking out those, there are people that uh, are carrying the rainbow flag or whatever, protesting against him. There are people who say, there's no way I would eat your cookies. Uh-huh. And others who say... Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, let me take one of these because they look really delicious. Right. And it's those folk, th- that distinction yeah. of, of course I'm not going to eat your cookies. Yeah. Okay, those folks yeah. I, I, I don't trust as much. Right. But the folks who say, 
Oh, yeah, let me try one of your cookies. That sounds yeah. good. Let me try to understand let where you're coming from. Let me try to understand. And, and issue just a little bit of respect your way. Yes. You know? Yes. Thank you for your uh, your graciousness and your compassion, mm-hmm. and let's try and make a connection here. Right. I mean, I can we need respect, more of yeah, that. I can respect when people disagree. And, oh yeah, and I've even seen. I saw a video once of uh, a black man and a KKK member, yeah. who were friends, yeah, and they um, they completely disagree, yeah, but they respected each other yeah. and their right to disagree, right, and they could still carry on a quote friendship, yeah, um, and that is where understanding is going to take place. Yes, I agree. Um, but you know, understanding doesn't sell. Right. You know, you know what makes, you know, even our podcast about, about trying to nuance things, if yeah. we just came out here and we just like uh, Shapiro blasted the left yeah. or, you know, like CNN, we just blasted the right. Yeah, sure. We would have a much bigger following. We would make a lot more money and we'd make some, we'd make any we, money. We'd make some money. <laughs> we'd what, make what a, more we'd money? We'd make a few pennies. Yeah. Um, you know, if we just blasted yeah. the other side, we set up an enemy and we knocked them down. Yeah. People love that. Yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm, that, I'm including you and me in the, in the term people, although I'm, I'm not as sure about you, but, <laughs> but we're, we're not, we're not different. We're just trying to learn to, um, to bridge thing, people together in, in nuance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't know how well we're doing, but we're trying. We're trying. And if you appreciate that, um, please tell someone else about the Hopper podcast because Dave is right. Um, this is not a message that is real, um, it, it popular. It's, it, not popular. it's not real popular, but we want it to be. And yeah. actually, uh, it's hard to find this sort of thing because it doesn't get people immediately incensed and sharing it. Uh, but there's a lot of people who want this sort of message. And so please share it and, and grow this community. This is William with the Hopper Podcast. It seems like most of what I see on TV and social media is all hyper-polarized and hyper-polarizing. At the Hopper Podcast, we're trying to listen and learn. We're looking for truth wherever it is, even if it makes us look bad. And if that sounds good to you, join us. Tell others about the Hopper Podcast, and we'll all learn together. Hey, Dave. The the uh, Roman Catholic Church is headed by uh, always a pope. Yeah. And there have been, in, the, in church history, I love church history, uh-huh. and there have been some really wonderful popes and some really terrible popes yeah. and some really bizarre stories yeah around the various popes yeah the the papacy the the institution of the pope is um it's an interesting idea yeah. right yeah. um yeah and it's i guess it's around the 4th century maybe that we have better information. Some yeah, it, churches claim that Peter was the first pope. Sure. Well, that um, I mean, some churches, the Roman Catholic Church mostly uh, or exclusively would say that he was the first I, pope. Is it all Roman Catholics, though? I'm not sure. Oh, I think so. That's, that's, okay. that's uh, Roman Catholic doctrine for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they would have a succession of popes that I think it gets a little fuzzy in history early on there. Yeah, there's who, a few that we're not yeah, sure. Uh, what would be the connection to Peter and all that? Yeah, I, yeah, the, yeah. I, I think it's pretty... I, I've, I've looked at that briefly, Okay, and I think it's a pretty flimsy argument that Peter was a pope. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very poorly supported in every way, biblically, historically, everything. Yes. Um, it just doesn't make sense theologically. Yes. But, but uh, you know, the, the Catholics are driven to support this doctrine... And to believe that the Pope is like 
a king of the church. Of course, we believe Jesus is the king. Right, and they would say that too. Right, but but the Pope can write scripture. He can canonize doctrine. That's what they mean when they say canonize. They have the canons. They're yes. adding to the the holy word of God. We I, disagree with that. Yeah, and I think that they would they would not. I think that, to be fair, they would not characterize it as the Word of God, that the Word of God is in the Bible only, but that the Church, when it makes its canonized doctrine, is also uh, required to be believed. Yeah, I mean, the the basic difference between us and Catholics is that we go back to the Bible, and they go back to the Church that the ultimate authority for us is the Word of God, and they say, well, since the Church wrote the Word of God, then the Church is the ultimate authority. Right. And we say, well, the Church at that time, who were authorized representatives of Jesus, yes. who were authorized by God to write the Word, and that that has stopped, those that office is gone. The office of apostle is gone. You can right. look in Acts 2 and see that right. to right. be right. an apostle, you had to, to have known Jesus from the you know, you have to walk with him and see the, his resurrection and so forth. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so that office has gone away. Yes. Because um, it's not possible to have been at that time right. anymore. Um, and so we disagree, and we say the sure. Word of God is the authority. That's right. And so when when the Pope canonizes something, they're saying the the community that brought forth the Scripture has brought forth these canons. Correct. So they're pretty Similar to the that's right. yeah, that's they're right. pretty close. I think that they would stop short of calling it the Word of God. Yeah, but that's fair. Other than that, I think it's pretty close. On the other hand, most popes do not bring that kind of teaching. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very rare that a pope would say this is uh, that kind of uh, ex cathedra, yeah. right? And so most of what the what uh, any pope teaches um, is it, they do not consider to be. Uh, you know, authoritative. Yeah. Uh, but occasionally a pope is able to do that. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think there's been some strides here. When I was younger, there was quite a divide with um, Catholics and the rest of Christendom, the, the, the Protestants, yes, so to yes, speak. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like that's been improving. Yes. As we've gotten older. Yes, and with I think different so. popes and um And some agreements, like uh, I think, you know, the, the, the popes are, uh, the, the Catholic Church is moving further from semi-Pelagianism, which is probably, uh-huh. we're probably getting too deep for our audience here. Maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea that you have to add to the work of Christ uh-huh. uh, to be worthy of um, yes. his grace. Yes. Uh, and so I think that's, they're softening on those sorts of views. Um but anyway, anytime you have someone who is in control of an institution as large and powerful yeah. as a Catholic Church, yeah. there is some good stuff in history. <laughs> There's some gritty stories and some corruption and some some uh, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a um, a show out about uh-huh. the Pope's. Uh, I think it's Medici. I, I can't remember. I don't um, know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, is that? I can't remember the name of the show. Okay, um, but there's a there's a middle Middle Ages, I think, Pope who was known for great corruption, and his his son, who was a cardinal, it was a uh, an atheist. I see. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, we have some stories of popes. You want to? Yeah, when you put you right, and this is not so much about Roman Catholic doctrine or anything like yeah. that, but this, but when you concentrate power this way. Bad things can happen yeah. easily. In church history, there's a lot of 
drama around So do the you remember the story of Pope Stephen VI? I do not. He was elected no. Pope in 896. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, a thousand years ago, um, over a thousand years ago. Bless you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, um, Pope Stephen VI, he decided to uh, exhume the body of his previous pope, Pope Formosus. Mm-hmm. He had died, and they ra- pulled up his body uh-huh. and put the body on trial, on a heresy trial. Okay. And they dressed him up as the, this corpse uh-huh. that had been buried. They dressed him up as the pope so uh-huh. that he could stand before this tribunal or whatever as the pope. Right. Right? And uh, they asked him questions, and he didn't answer. Right. Of course. How dare he? And so he was found guilty of perjury and tossed into a river. He was found guilty for not answering, huh? Correct. That that, that was perjuring himself by yes, not answering. That's correct. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see the reasoning, but yeah. They really didn't like him at all. Yeah. And uh he was thrown into the river. His his body sometime after that was recovered from the river by right. people who were loyal to him uh-huh. and given a proper burial. Uh but that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He that that pope who put the previous pope on trial was eventually imprisoned and then strangled to death. Mm. By strangled. the supporters yeah, by the supporters okay. of the Pope that he had put on trial. Yeah, and, and speaking of ways to die, that's not all that bad. Strangling? Being, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're in judo. Have you been choked out yet? No, not yet, but I think yeah. it's coming up. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It's not all that bad. Okay. Um, I mean, there are worse ways to go. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah, um, Yeah. so uh, you got other stories? I, I, um, I, I took sure. some notes here on uh, Benedict the Ninth. Oh, remind me of his story. Um, came Pope in 1032. Okay. Uh, he was 12 years old. 12 years old? You think he was ready to run the Catholic Church at 12 years old? See, this is kind of the idea. It, it, they were thinking more like kings and successions, and this yes. was not uh, yes, yes, This yes. is not helpful, right, for a 12-year-old to be running That was also at a time when, when people could be ordained uh, at any time... Uh, yeah, I mean the word elder, presbytos. I mean, yes. that, that's the idea is that you're older, that you're mature, yes. that you've been through some life. Yeah, you're ready to actually lead the church with some wisdom. Well, I know that um, I was ready to lead the church when I was 12 years old, but most yeah, people right, are right. not. Right, <laughs> right. I'm glad your parents got you potty trained just in time. Um, yeah. So, uh, it, of course, this warrants all kinds of corruption, right? When there's oh, a twelve-year-old, yeah. then other people are biting. Oh yeah, who's yeah, yeah. trying to get power <laughs> and control this twelve-year-old? Right. And, um, so this guy, he wanted to marry, which you're not supposed to do as a pope or as a priest, even. Um, and he wanted to marry at a... that time in the church. That's true. Early on in the church, they all the priests were allowed to marry, and it wasn't until we had monasteries. Mm-hmm. And the monasteries decided to take vows of poverty, 
coming out of the desert fathers and mothers, and they uh, and they were so pious, and everybody respected them so much, and the priests were such scoundrels yeah. that the that the Roman Catholic Church said, "Oh, wait a second, um, let's all be like the monastery uh, uh, brothers, the monks, yeah. and then we'll all take vows of abstinence yeah. and celibacy." So, mm-hmm. but early on in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, priests were allowed to marry. Oh. But anyway, at this time they weren't. That's right. Yeah, so this guy wanted to marry his cousin. Oh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, you know, it was different times back then. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're, it, that was... At uh, 12? Or he, I guess he was <laughs> older by then. 12. And I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you, I don't know. I guess your cousin seems like a good fix. You don't even know what marriage is really Maybe, about. yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, cousin didn't want to marry him. Okay. So he kind of went back to the whole religious thing. Oh, so he was going to leave... And stop being Pope so he could marry his cousin? I believe so. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember something about this. Yes. Um, He he got a lot of money, I think. He inherited money, and he was tired of the the papacy. It was kind of like a chore to him. Sure. And would rather hang out with his cousin. I can imagine. As a married couple. Oh, I see. Yeah. (laughs) And then he went back to the papacy. When when she rejected him. Yeah. So, you know... It was kind of like the second option. Okay. Plan B. Plan B was yeah, the dumb old papacy, the dumb old running of the whole. Just church. being a pope. Yeah, yeah. If I if I yeah, that's wow. That's rough. That's rough. Um, then there's also the story of uh, John the Twelfth. John the Twelfth. Uh, he he became pope in 955. So all these stories are are. In kind of the general uh, historical area together. Uh-huh. Anyway, he was 18 when he was, so he was an old man. He really was an old man. He was, Woo. yeah. What were you doing when you were 18? Right? I knew what I was all about when I was 18. Were you thinking about I, the life of holiness and leading I, the church? I don't think anything in my thought life has changed <laughs> since I've been 18. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Well, yeah. shortly after he became Pope, he turned the, uh, Pope's residence into a brothel. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he gamb- I've heard of Pope's doing this. Yep. Really he was prob- maybe the most smutty. notorious about that. Getting down and dirty. Yeah. He gambled with the church offerings. Uh-huh. And there was a cardinal who was opposing him, and so he had the cardinal forcibly castrated. Okay. <laughs> that's not funny. I don't know why I laughed. Yeah, but that's like <laughs> That's terrible. That's not what you expected to hear, I guess. No. Uh yeah. No. Uh, let's see. At the time, there was a German ruler, Otto of Saxony, and he wrote to the Pope here and said, "Everyone acu- quote, everyone accuses you, holiness, of homicide, perjury, sacrilege, incest with your relatives, mm. including two of your sisters, and mm. with having, like a pagan, invoked Jupiter, Venus, and other demons, end quote. Just to wow. let you know, this is what people are thinking about you, and apparently most of that was true. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he actually died because a jealous husband discovered his wife in bed with the Pope, and the man proceeded to severely beat him to mm. death. Mm. <laughs> that is not a good person to be the leader of the the church, or the vicar of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hmm. He was a terrible person. Wow. I, yeah, yeah, I've heard stories like that. 
um, harems and so forth. Yeah, uh, yeah. just the 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 power grab and the corruption. Um, I got another guy who just didn't want okay. to be pope. Um, oh, he, he just didn't want to be a pope. He was a hermit. He lived in a cave. Uh, what I read is he he had shirts made of hair. <laughs> oh, like, know, like, jo- like John, John the, the Baptist. Baptist had camel yeah. hair. So, um, and uh, he he you know how there's this idea of penance that you sure, punish yourself sure. for your sins, which we don't we, believe in. Yeah. Um, and so he had chains. He would he was in chains and he was living a a very uh, a remote life in a cave. Okay. Um, and uh, after the death of Pope Nicholas the Fourth in twelve ninety two, yeah, um, they the cardinals and the the church were trying to to find an old person that they could easily manipulate. Oh, to be I see. Pope. And then they heard of this guy, and they thought, well, maybe this maybe this guy's really holy. He he he's in a cave. He yeah, wears a, yeah. a shirt like John the Baptist. He's in chains, and so they. Uh, He's pretty serious about his faith anyway. Yeah, I mean, they so they coerced him to be pope, and he <laughs> the, he didn't know Latin, so that was difficult. <laughs> okay, oh, right, and uh, and he decided you know popes can't resign, right? This but is... he didn't want to be pope, so he made it legal since he was the pope for a pope to resign, and then he resigned. <laughs> <laughs> now they can. I guess he was the one who made it uh, able yeah, to to yeah. resign. He abdicated. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we believe that the Scripture teaches that it's uh, a plurality of people at every yeah. level. Yeah. You know, I can see there, there are three basic forms of government. We have the congregational, where all the power rests in uh, the people, and so democracy, sort of. Not sort of, it, it absolutely. Yeah. And then there's representative government that's different, where the power, the people elect elders or specific uh-huh. rulers. Right. There's a small group of people. There's a plurality of elders. And there's also uh, uh, the kind of government where it's one person at, at the church level and then, a, and then at, the, at the regional level and whatever. Right. And so, a hierarchy. Hierarchy, that way, at the different hierarchical, hierarchical levels. Yeah. yeah. And you can see evidence of all three of those forms uh, of church government in Scripture, for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. Um and they all have their their strengths and weaknesses, their yes, pros and cons. Yes, uh-huh. that's right, that's right. And uh, but most of the churches that have uh, a where it's one person at the top of each level, so one person's in charge of yeah. an individual local church, and then one person in charge of a region, and one person in charge of a larger region, whatever right. like that. Um, even m- most of those churches. Uh, don't have it go all the way up to the top. The only one I think is really the Roman Catholic Church. Uh-huh. That's the only denomination, and it really does get into trouble um, when you when you concentrate power that much. Yeah, and I kind of don't think that that's what uh, the New Testament writers had in mind. Right, was you know one person to have one Christian in the world to have that much power. Right, and and not just in in. Uh, controlling and making decisions, yeah, and and that kind of power. But the uh, have you ever seen like a pope visit someplace? 
There are people who uh, worship the Pope. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, there was a. Uh, I remember a pastor telling a story of a guy who played the guitar with his feet. He was, I think, it was a Latin person. Okay, and uh, had no arms and learned to play the guitar with his feet. And sure, was re- talented. Yeah, really remarkable. But it was definitely um, a, a papist. Yeah, and the Pope wanted to hear this guy play the the guitar, and he uh-huh. and he did. And the Pope rose after and went over and was just moved by this guy's ability to play the guitar with his feet. And, and went to you know, yeah. greet him and lay hands on him, and and, and the guy was, uh, he was, I, I can't, how do you say, he he was elevated to a new level of humanity. Yeah. He was he was weeping. He was uh, right, you know, like right, right, right. The the it was it was more um, than if the your your most favorite celebrity said, hey, I want to take you out to dinner. Or, or well, I want to sleep this, with you, and that's you know, what this person yeah. is. It becomes a celebrity, really. Yeah, yeah. And it was this, um, but but there's. It's also added in this like holy. Right. This is this right. is the right, the, right, right. the representative of Christ Himself, my God, manifest in some way right. through this man. Right. Right. That um, that it just something was. It's just hard to. To absorb. Oh, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. And I think that all of us represent Christ to each other. We all of us represent uh-huh. Christ to each other. And that's what the concept of the body of Christ is. And Paul argues for that strongly in yeah. First Corinthians and in other places. And so to have it so concentrated in one person, I think, uh-huh. really diminishes what Paul says is the body of Christ on mm-hmm. earth. Yeah. And and your power to encourage and support. And that's help. right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. There, Christ does have a representative on earth, and it's the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I actually like uh, our recent popes, um, our recent popes, the the recent popes in our world. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that uh, you know they don't have to be bad, but there there is something can be that can is really dangerous about concentrating power that much. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You win a $10 gift card to Blockbuster. Yeah, they're out of biz. Uh, to claim that prize anyway, you can write us at the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. Join us next time when we'll discuss Amanda Hurd's revenge poop. I don't even know what you, you just gotta said. you got to look at some news. Yeah, okay. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by the Wendy's down by the warehouse district. It's under new management now. They just cleaned up where the raccoon had babies in the kitchen. Oh. They might have a Blockbuster still down there. Maybe. A $10 card might come in handy. It might. 